It's a great pleasure to welcome to What's Next, the Chief Converged Communications at BCX. Julian, what does the title mean? Uh, the, 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 you know, we hear a lot, about, a lot about these converged solutions, but I mean, this is where it's happening right now. This is how jobs are defined in the modern ITC uh, infrastructure, right? Yeah, Aki, um, I've never actually <laughs> thought about the title in terms of what it means, but the convergence uh, actually started quite a while back uh, when initially it was about the convergence of voice and data onto one network. You'll remember the good old days. Uh, these were separate networks. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, in today's time, it's really converging the devices, you know, your mobile and your fixed devices all running, uh, so different applications. Uh, and different networks, but converged onto one. So, and boy, yeah, is, that, is that not relevant right now? When you look at how we're working, everybody working remotely, I mean, it's uh, now even more relevant than it's ever been before. Um, Julian, when you look at uh, you changing your current security architecture, and many organizations are looking at doing that, um, especially when migrating to something like SD-WAN, for example, why should people be concerned about that? Oh yes, okay. Uh, that's quite that's quite good to to consider this. Um, you see, in traditional network um, style or architectures, the security was on the perimeter of the network. Uh, corporations built a network, and they knew at some point they need to connect to the outside world. Uh, so you would find uh, perimeter type security like firewalls between right. the corporate network and the internet. Uh, so that's one big change that's busy happening and why is it changing it's changing because organizations are undergoing uh, some even not so conscious about it but undergoing a digital transformation um, driving cloud adoption it's just happening all over you know whether we intend to or not um, consider also the impact of COVID-19 um, we suddenly working from home you know so so now that you've got your uh, security is no longer on the perimeter of the network. Um, your, uh, and that's possibly because your data is no longer in the network. It's moving outside the network. Yeah. Plus, your users are no longer sitting at the campus. They're now working from home. So what we have now is data, applications, networks, and users are more outside the organization than inside the organization from a, from a networking or data perspective. Um, okay. When you consider the architecture, um, you, you know, you used to design a network and then build it, and it was a static configuration. In today's time, you need something that's dynamic and policy-based because the users move wherever they need to be. Your applications right. move around. So we're looking at a policy-based secure access service edge, um, which is part of this SD-WAN discussion. So it's got a very niche kind of acronym, SAS-E, Secure Access Service Edge. Um, and then the CIOs are also um, coming up to, to see how do they uh, adopt to the security challenge and, and they're pursuing zero trust security more and more. Uh, you know, the, the idea that um, you have no access and except for that specifically given to you. And the access isn't to the network, a global concept. The access is given to an application or data within the application. Mm. Uh, and if it's not given, you have no access. And possibly the last thing we should be concerned about is um, 
that SAS e-adoption is driven by this balance uh, in a digital adoption and zero trust demand. So you can't just do the one and not the other. You, you know the organization is going through a digital migration or transformation, um, but you need to um, you know, always keep security top of mind, um, if that's helpful, okay? No, absolutely. I mean, and, and security is really integral in this whole thing. We know that, you know, this is where it's going with modern day technologies and this digital transformation that you're talking about. But I guess there are challenges. Uh, and Julian, I want you to address those challenges that one would need to navigate when you integrate security and SD-WAN. Mm, mm. Yeah, I think um, a part of the challenges because the whole concept of software defined and the concept of SAS E is so new. So what you find today is that both the evolution of SAS E varies significantly from uh, vendor to vendor. Right. Uh, the maturity of the offerings, um, the, you know, you can't actually say these three are leading and those are following, the, uh, even among the leaders. Uh, the, uh, the varying level of maturity is very significant. Um, so a complete adoption will take a lot of time. Um, uh, we can't actually dream up to say, let's, let's deal with it this year and next year there's something new. Um, organizations face the challenge. Um, they've got ongoing investments. You know, the, um, investments don't come in, in, um, in a cycle of, you know, once every five years. Although the investment lasts for five years, it's ongoing. You know, there's always growth um, um, and technology refreshes. So, unfortunately, organizations have these investments in place um, and it will take some time for those investments to mature before they can just move on. Um, there's a mix of centralized kind of applications, you know, in, in your data center, um, as well as cloud workloads. So these almost opposing kind of workloads, they coexist at the same time. Um, there's, uh, there's also a bit of legacy. I, I guess we can call about the culture that exists in, in, in the IT fraternity. And, and that's this tendency to trust proven architectures. Um, uh, so it's good to know, okay, SASE is great, it's new, SD-WAN can do all of this, and we'll probably talk about uh, what, you know, how to address these security concerns. But uh, there's no doubt that we are comfortable with what we know, um, and that also creates a bit of resistance um, to change. Yeah, I guess that, um, uh, that, that that resistance that you talk about is, is critical in what mm. you're saying, you know, with the legacy yeah, software yeah. that you're talking about. I mean, that's, uh, those are massive hurdles. Yeah. But if I can also talk about this, uh, what we spoke about, the, the, the variance in SASE vendors, um, you know, these vendors don't. When you understand SASE and you sort of look at the industry definition, these vendors don't all deliver all the required capabilities. Some of them have certain niche areas that they do particularly well. So if you right. make a choice, you easily find out, oh, but uh, I still lack something else. So uh, whether it's capability or functionality, that it differs. And these are the kind of challenges we really need to look at. Some advice we can give uh, how to navigate those challenges is just accepted. This is a it's a multi year plan. Um, yeah. Don't don't um, haste it. Um, take your time with the adoption roadmap. Have the migration plan. 
uh, and think through an implementation approach. Give it three, five years, maybe even a bit longer. Uh, but have that end state in mind and map out how will we get to that position. And that, and that way you won't be left behind. All maybe... Right. Mm -hmm. Sorry to interrupt you. You mentioned SASE earlier, yeah. uh, uh, and I love these words. Uh, the, you know, you, you, you IT professionals use these fancy words. Uh, what does SASE actually mean? I looked it up, and it says Secure Access Service Security. W what does it actually mean? Yeah, um, uh, so, so it was originally defined as an emerging market by Gartner in 2019. So SASE, because we're talking about software-defined wide area network, yeah. but uh, SASE is software-defined. The difference, though, is it converges the network services and the security services. So with network services, is the WAN, yes. Uh, with security services, think about your cloud access security broker or your firewall services. So SASE is really that convergence of the two into one. But I think uh, the big challenge as well is that when you go out looking for the right vendor, uh, when you're choosing SD-WAN security and SASE, for example, why, why should people be careful when going out to fight the right vendor? Because you hear so many horror stories. Mm. Yeah, and I think we'll still see a lot of horror stories. And, and it's, um, it's just the maturity of SASE, really, because... Um, as we mentioned, it's, um, it's a thought that came up in 2019. That's quite recent. So as we stand today, it's quite a broad concept. Um, um, and it's a concept of consolidation and simplification. And therein lies the danger that when you're dealing with a concept, how do you actually hold the vendor to the exacting definition? So, and this is the area where we say very few, um, perhaps less than a handful, a handful of vendors live up to the expected capabilities from SASE. Right. Uh, functionality between these vendors varies vastly. Um, because of the converged nature, that's this convergence of uh, security and network. Um, our recommendation in selecting a vendor is look for a vendor that's strong in both. Uh, strong in security, strong in network, and has this ability to converge both um, on a SASE capability. Um, yeah, also choose platform simplicity over piecemeal, because the danger here is because the concept is so broad and so new, um, uh, it promises simplification, but it can easily complicate matters um, a whole lot more. Uh, than what we are used to. And we, when you move into that space, you now need new skills, new capabilities. Mm. Uh, the last thing you want to do is um, add more complexity. So the danger here from complexity is the piecemeal nature because um, you could end up using multiple vendors in this space, uh, getting little bits and pieces from each vendor. And because SASE isn't really defined as uh, these, these uh, like a modular kind yeah. of a solution. Uh, they don't slot into each other that, uh, that well. You know, you'll lose certain functionality and there's lots of overlap. Think of SASE more, it's not a product. SASE is not a product, it's an architecture. Um, okay. So that's why this SASE vendor selection would be very important. 
So why, why, why would it be so important to look at SASE right now? And bearing in mind, a lot of people are already tied into, uh, you know, various contracts with the existing, uh, you know, networks. Um, you know, so it, it's quite difficult for people to shift right now. Why is SASE so important? Yeah, think, think about the vast landscape, um, this complexity. Um, and so, so you could postpone and just completely wait. Let's say, let's wait it out for three years. It'll be mature. Yes. But uh, because of the vast landscape, with vast landscape, I mean, it covers the wide area network. It covers the security. It, it even covers some local area network, data center, uh, multi-cloud concepts. Because of that, chances of something in your environment is mm. changing right now where SASE might be a good response. So just coming back, uh, see, it, see it as a start. You know, look at it right now. Don't adopt it all right now because uh, that'll get us into hot water. Yeah, yeah. So let me give you some key considerations. Um, your WAN architecture must transform, if your WAN architecture must transform to meet today's new demands, you're probably a good candidate. So, so let's say you're busy moving your workloads to the cloud. Well, then right. you need to reconsider your WAN architecture. If you need a solution that reduces cost and complexity, you're a good candidate to start looking at SASE. Uh, you must also guard against compromising network performance. So, so as you go on this journey, um, don't go backwards in any, don't compromise. You know, the level that you've achieved now, you want a step up. Whether it's guarantees, service level, response time, doesn't matter. Always look for a step up. It is available. Uh, keep security top of mind. We spoke about zero trust. Uh, so see what that's all about. But any SASE journey, uh, you have to keep security top of mind. Sure. Um, also, make life easier for your IT operations team. Um, right. it's, it's the promise of SASE, but ask them, will, will this journey make that easier? Um, so uh, the time is right. You know, start the first step now uh, and have a roadmap in mind what that end state will look like and give it time to, to adopt that. Yeah, it's interesting you say these things, Julian. I think it's what I'm hearing from you. The message that I'm hearing from you is start the journey. You know, uh, don't leave it too late. This is where the modern IT infrastructure and architecture is going. It's something that you can't avoid. Now, take us back to BCX and um, and and how BCX approaches this this particular change um, and 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 the migration to SD WAN. How how do you support your customers? What approach do you guys take? Yeah, um, uh, the reality when we talk SD-WAN SASE to customers is um, uh, it's not a greenfields conversation. These customers have something in place. Uh, that they've got a, um, a network in place. They're trying to fix a component, whether it's security or maybe cost or simplification. So we need to understand the current landscape. What are we dealing with? What investments are in place? So it's pretty much a consultative approach, um, uh, understanding the needs of the customer, but mapping out those needs as to what do you need today, tomorrow, the day after. Right. Um, and then we typically, we work with, um, with our partners um, on, on the vendor side, um, partners such as Cisco, 
um, um, because they bring to us global expertise. Um, you know, they've invested far more in SD-WAN than, than I guess we'll ever invest. So we lean on um, those global expertise as well to bring to the customer a, a solution and an adoption approach that suits those specific demands. So although, you know, maybe even the, the brand of SD-WAN might be the same for customers, the way we implement that has to meet those requirements. Otherwise, you find this long-term project and nobody's actually seeing um, the, the milestone benefits as, as yeah. they develop. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, clearly, um, you guys have been doing this for a while. Um, and, you know, you mentioned your partners there. I mean, those are really trusted partners who know what they're doing it together with yourselves. I mean, this, this is a journey that uh, BCX has been on for a while. There's nothing new on your side. In fact, uh, you know, I've heard you talking about uh, this before. Um, how many of your customers have migrated? What's, what's the experience been? What, what are you seeing with your customers that have migrated to SD-WAN? Yeah, okay, we've, um, we probably have 35 customers that's uh, already migrated to SD-WAN. Um, 35 sounds like a smallish number, but um, uh, we need to appreciate the market in which we operate. So these 35 customers probably represent 5,000 branches, um, yeah, probably a bit more, 100,000 users. So it's quite a, a, quite a vast um, uh, implementation. Uh, so there's many more customers that's actually in a migration timeframe, you know, contracts signed and we're busy deploying. Uh, so our solutions take network security into account. Um, it's a fundamental aspect. And in the space of network security, so much is busy evolving there. So, uh, so uh, why I bring that in is often the response in network security happens to be an SD-WAN response um, because often we just think of SD-WAN as the wide area network component. Yes. Um, so, yeah, quite, quite good adoption. Um, uh, we're always surprised at how forward-thinking um, our corporate South Africans are. No, but I mean, when you talk about the, the numbers and you talk about how many users, I think that's the key over there. When you, start, when you mention those numbers, that's pretty substantial. When you look at the current mm. climate, Julian, and you look at customers looking for solutions, how, how, can, how can this solution help customers, you know, recover in the current climate? I mean, it, it's tough out there, but everyone's looking for these kind of solutions. Mm. Well, the good news is uh, it normally offers, if, if approached correctly, it, it does offer cost saving. Um, so th that's always good news to, to any CIO, any CEO and CFO for that matter. Um, but on the ground, what's really practical about SD-WAN is um, th this new way of work, working from home. Um, that the the danger is you send your key staff home uh, to keep them safe, but that home environment is also fraught with other challenges. Um, you know, in, in my household, I've got two teenagers in the house, so, um, and heaven knows what they are up to. You know, to what degree do their IT activities, which is not under my or BCX's management, but to what degree would that compromise? Uh, my interaction with BCX's data. 
Um, so, and, and this is really what uh, SAS-E offers us, where um, I, I would have my own private connection within this home network. So it does offer a whole lot more security. It offers um, simplicity in that for the IT operations, because otherwise they would need to consider the uniqueness of, um, you know, my home environment and multiply that with our 10,000 employees. Uh, yeah. So you can just imagine, uh, you know, so it's no longer managing the 49 BCX campuses. It's now managing the 10,000 households. Um, so that would be very difficult in traditional approach. Uh, you paint a very interesting picture there. I mean, uh, automatically, as you're talking about, you, about the scenario you just painted, you think about all the vulnerabilities. And it is quite scary. You know, when you hear about the security lapses, you hear about the, the hacking that's going on at the moment, it is pretty frightening, Julian. Um, Julian, mm. you mentioned success stories, you mentioned cost cutting. Um, can you touch on some of the success stories you have from your customers at BCX that have been using this particular solution? What, what, what are you seeing? Um, yeah, uh, so one of our customers um, recently uh, acquired a different business. So usually what you find is, uh, as we mentioned, you know, both businesses would have a networking place, but now they want to maybe move onto the same ERP system. Um, and that, it's easier said than done. In traditional networks, uh, it takes months of planning and execution to, to bring those two networks um, into one. Right. Uh, but this particular customer had recently adopted a SD-WAN approach. Uh, it was in place. So bringing in the, their new acquisition, merging the two businesses, um, the, the network merge was the easiest in that transaction. You know, so they quickly got to, um, a, to a combined network, giving their new uh, acquisition access to their mainstream data systems. Another customer um, is very vocal about the fact that, um, you know, traditionally the network space outsourced to ourselves, um, you know, it's a service desk to service desk kind of relationship um, uh, because it needs expert knowledge. So uh, our service desk would have a network view, their service desk would have the IT view. And you can imagine uh, the conversations happening between those service desks to provide excellent end user experience. But with the adoption of SD-WAN, um, it's really helped to simplify operations with their service desk now looking at the same information, the, uh, the management system we can now, because of that simplicity, we can expose to the customer service desk. So the IT team can now access the network information in, in terms and formats that they easily understand because they can now see what's the impact of network performance on the application performance. Yeah. Um, so that helped a great, great deal. But there's lots of these um, case studies available. So it's often customers jump at the cost saving benefit um, uh, but, uh, but we believe um, there's, there's uh, many other aspects that's quite enabling. Think, think again about the cloud. Um, we, we tend to talk of cloud as if cloud is one place. Or, or, or sometimes we talk about everywhere as if everywhere is one thing. But just imagine that your workload, it, the one workload could be at AWS. The other workload could be at Microsoft. Um, from the user perspective, they don't care. They need to interact with both. 
probably your very private data is still in your data center and that needs to feed both these cloud environments. So um, this is what SD-WAN is enabling for, for me as a user or even IT team to not care so much about this multi-cloud environment um, where the workload is at one given time. Yeah. yeah. Sure, Julian, it's actually been such an interesting discussion. You know, I mean, you, you were hearing about SD-WAN a lot and many people, as you said, have dabbled in this particular environment, but uh, we also don't realize how, how fast it's moving um, and, and how important it is for organizations to adopt it. Uh, it does add that agility. It does add a lot more flexibility and it makes organizations work a lot more efficiently when you look at what you've outlined for us today. So I think the, the message that I'm getting from you is, you know, uh, yes, you may have it, but look at adopting it more aggressively in your organization. It's important. Chat to BCX. Uh, Julian Liebenberg, who is the Chief Converged Communications Head at BCX. Thank you very much for joining us on What's Next. We appreciate your time and thank you for so eloquently explaining SD-WAN and making sense of it all. Thank you, Julian. You're most welcome. Cheers, Aki. Okay.